We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast for part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm Ricky O'Donnell. As always, I'm coming to you here with Jason Pat. And Jason, NBA free agency has gone through its first, almost first 24 hours at this point. And the Bulls have not made a meaningful acquisition. The Bulls have signed one player to add to the team. That would be Andre Drummond. Two years, $6.6 million deal for Drummond to join Chicago. Beyond that, the Bulls, as expected, brought back Zach Levine. It's something that we shouldn't just quickly overshadow. Bringing back Levine is huge for the franchise. There is no way they were going to be able to replace a player of his caliber if he did leave in free agency. So he gets a five-year, $215 million deal from the Bulls, player option on the fifth year. But Jason, it is hard to be too impressed with this Bulls offseason so far. Drummond, the only acquisition, we already saw them miss out on Rudy Gobert. He gets traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for four first-round picks and Walker Kessler, who just went one spot behind Dalen Terry in the 2022 NBA draft. A massive haul of picks for the Utah Jazz. And for Minnesota, an opportunity to pair uh, Rudy Gobert with Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. So it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. The Bulls absolutely could not have matched that package. Uh, and it doesn't seem like the Bulls are going to be players for Kevin Durant. Durant's intention is to either go to the Heat or the Suns. We don't know if the Nets are going to accommodate that. I think that, you know, we could easily see a scenario where Durant gets traded to the highest bidder, which I didn't think was really going to happen going into it, but now it seems much more likely. So I need to take an L on that one. Uh, But in general, Jace, just a super disappointing offseason to this point for the Bulls, and we're going to talk it through on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, at first, starting with Zach, absolutely great that he is back. Fantastic. Uh, was starting to get a little worried. I know it was reported like right at the start of fantasy yesterday that from Shams that Zach would take might not sign right away. 
and then he didn't. And then like you're getting into the morning today. It's like, all right, what's going on? Like, is there something going on here? But no, Zach, like you said, 215. He earned it. Uh, he deserved deserved it. Good that he's back. The player option thing, we kind of figured that would happen. Uh, so yeah, Zach back, excellent. It's the, the least that they could do here. And then as you said, it's really just been a whole lot of not much else going on here. Uh, you mentioned Andre Drummond. That was the one deal they made last night. Uh, they brought back Derek Jones Jr., which I did not expect to happen. To uh, I think basically the same deal as Drummond. Uh, Drummond signed for part of the mid-level. It looks like Jones probably signed for part like using uh, was, like some type of bird rights. I know there was some funky cap stuff going on there. We don't need to get into that. But it was a, a very similar, another like two-year, like $6.6 million deal. I did not think Jones would be back. I thought they were going to replace it. Was, I mean, it didn't seem like Billy loved Jones last year. I thought they were going to maybe use his spot on a shooter. We saw them miss out on Danilo Gallinari to the Boston Celtics. Uh, I was kind of whatever on that. Like if the offseason was basically Gallo and Drummond, uh, I mean, that's too like two okay veterans. They would have been fine. Not very inspiring. Uh, but even now, maybe now it looks even, I guess, worse. Like I, I, we'll see what else they can do. They have the rest of their mid-level. We'll see if they use it. We've talked a lot about the tax. If they're going to try to duck the tax, try to duck the tax here. If they have anything else in the works in terms of trades, uh, in terms of trading Kobe White, in terms of uh, opening up other roster spots, because right now they have 14 players. They've made, like I said, one addition. It's Zach, one addition in Drummond, and then one re-signing here in Derek Jones Jr., which I did not think they were going to make. It's not an inspiring offseason when we see Kevin Durant's going to change teams, go somewhere. Rudy Gobert just went to a blockbuster trade. As you said, the Bulls had no chance of matching that. I was banking a lot as things going on, though, maybe with the Bulls' rumors being involved with Gobert, that maybe they would get in on that. Just didn't happen. Uh, the Timberwolves went all in on it. They traded four picks and a bunch of players. Bulls couldn't match that. Uh, even if they included Patrick Williams, I just don't see that. Just probably just wasn't likely. But then we also saw Malcolm Brogdon going to the Boston Celtics, an absolute steal. The Celtics gave up basically nothing for – I know Brogdon has, is an injury-prone guy, but their one like issue was just all those turnovers uh, in the NBA Finals and throughout those playoffs. Brogdon, one healthy, great shooter, solid defender, doesn't make many mistakes. Absolute steal of a trade for the Celtics. Brutal watch. The Sixers adding P.J. Tucker, who they wanted. They added, I think, Daniel House, uh, I think, on their biannual. Was James Harden taking a lot less money to help them with be more flexible? So they got better. We'll see what happens with Miami. I know Miami's on KD's list. If KD goes to Miami, that's kind of a – that's obviously brutal. Uh, so just the Bulls kind of not doing anything. And the, the AK with the continuity line, he ran it a few – he ran it a bunch of times in the offseason, and, and it looks like that's – what is going to play out here? They're going to roll with continuity. They're adding Andre Drummond. Maybe they add one more player. Maybe they maybe they will surprise us still, but not very inspiring uh, given how the season ended. I know they had a bunch of injuries. Zach was injured. Lonzo was injured. But also Lonzo was injured. We don't know what the hell was going on with his knee. So like if we're banking on basically bringing back the same team plus Andre Drummond and then Dale and Terry, a rookie, I just guess you don't really know how much better the Bulls will be. When other teams have made moves, I forgot DeJounte Murray going to the Hawks. They made a big move. So it's just like, what exactly? where exactly are they going here? Uh, they're banking on this continuity to help and better health to make them better. And I still think the Bulls will be pretty good. Like, I think they'll be fine. But uh, in terms of, like, making meaningful moves towards contention, it just hasn't happened, and it's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I would be a lot 
more fine with where the Bulls are in the Eastern Conference right now if they weren't already out two first-round picks. You know, they don't have their 2023 first-rounder. They don't have their 2025 first-rounder. So given that, it feels like they should have just tried to maximize this current window and built the best team possible around DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, and the Bulls haven't really done that. Instead, they basically opted for continuity, which is what Arturis Karnaschovas and Mark Eversley were saying uh, you know, throughout their end-of-season press conferences. It just feels so uninspiring, though, to completely run it back, right. to not add another player. Now, obviously, the Bulls did go after Danilo Gallinari. They made an offer to Gallinari, but he chose to go to Boston. So even a Gallinari-Drummond offseason, to me, was going to be super uninspiring and wasn't going to move the Bulls up a tier meaningfully in the projected standings. Uh, you look at what else is out there in terms of the free agents, and still, I don't really think that any of the free agents who are still out there, the Martin twins, TJ Warren, who hasn't played since 2020, uh, Jalen Smith, Josh Koji. you know, I would love to see the Bulls sign one of these guys, but even if they do spend the remaining $7.3 million or $7.2 million of the mid-level exception, uh, you know, I just don't see them being in position to be favored to win a first round series. I think there's four teams very obviously in front of them. That would be the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, uh, and the Celtics. Boston. Yeah. So in general, I think that, you know, the Bulls are in a tier with probably the Raptors, the Cavs, and the Hawks. And how that shakes out from five through eight in the conference right now is anyone's guess. But like you said, the Bulls have a major question mark in Lonzo Ball. They have Patrick Williams entering basically his second full season of play, his third year in the league. That's really where the upside of this team lies in the internal development of Pat Williams and Io and in, you know, potentially Lonzo staying healthy. But it's not a very good bet in terms of, you know, trying to win a first round series. So I think it's definitely a disappointing off season for the Bulls right now. There's no other way to spin it. And yeah, I mean, this is what it is, man. They're they're They were true to their word in terms of continuity, but I just don't see how that's good enough unless we get a really meaningful leap from Patrick Williams. It's a ton of pressure to put on yep. his shoulders. Yeah. It's also something that's that a- counts on DeMar DeRozan you know, being as great as he was last season, which is probably uh, probably a stretch, man. Like, DeRozan just never missed shots in clutch games. I think Milwaukee sort of put the book out on how to defend DeRozan, which is basically, listen, this Bulls team once again this year has no shooting. They said they were going to add shooting over the offseason. They didn't add any shooting. All they do is bring on Andre Drummond and bring back Derek Jones. Like, this is a team that finished 30th in three-point rate last year. They're not going to be able to get up shots to contend with the better teams in this conference, they're not going to be able to come back from big deficits with a lack of shooting like this. So uh, unquestionably, unquestionably a disappointing offseason. I still think the team will be fun to watch, but yeah, it's hard to feel good about the Bulls right now, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as you said, the Pat thing, and I've been saying this for a while, it's the Patrick Williams thing. There's just so much swing on him. Like, if he takes a big leap, then the Bulls maybe be able to get into that tier. I have my questions about that happening. Uh, And then the stuff about the shooting. The shooting is also obviously true. That's why, like, I don't mind. I liked watching Derek Jones Jr. Shy slam a jam. Like, he was fun at times last year. But, like, we also saw him, like, in that Bucks series when he was playing and other times, like, 
teams just don't guard him shooting threes and he bricks a lot of threes. And like a lot of the roster was like that. Javante Green. I thought they were going to pick between Javante and Derek Jones Jr. I like both guys in a vacuum. Having too many of those guys on one team and like possibly playing meaningful minutes, it just, it's tough. And like, so like you're banking again. Yeah. Lonzo, Zach, Pat, and then Vooch being your three point shooters. And with Lonzo's question marks, Zach should be fine as long as his knee's all good. Uh, Vooch, if he was a horrible three-point shooter last year. Can he get back to at least like league average, hopefully? And then Pat has to take a big step. He's got to be much better. Io the same way. But then they also, but then again, they drafted another dude in Dalen Terry, who's also not known as a shooter. So like, it's it's a bunch of like similar guys like that. <laughs> and you made the the joke about on our pre uh, the free uh, free agency preview pod about how the Bulls are cornering the market and it's all these like wings who just can't shoot for shit and that's kind of what a lot of the roster is now so more pressure on those other guys to be able to carry that three-point load and then they bring in Andre Drummond as a backup big who can't really shoot either he's obviously great rebounder Drummond will help with the rebounding uh I just I don't know if I'll enjoy watching him very much because he's just kind of a big oaf but like I mean he will help with rebounding I don't know how much he'll help with rim protection I know our guy Cody Westerland tweeted out his not great rim protection numbers last year he puts up box score stats He's fine as a backup. There's just really no upside there. And with how with how uh, uh, this offseason is playing out so far, like I like I just I, I wish they would have gone harder after someone with a little more upside. I know, and we talked about guys like uh, Isaiah Hartenstein and Mo Bamba. Like I mean, I don't, I don't like love Mo Bamba, but I'd almost rather have taken a shot with the MLE using on a guy with upside than what's happening right now and getting, I mean, I guess we'll, we'll still see if they make any other moves here or if they just add like a minimum guy, but like, like Hardenstein went for what? It was like two years. It's like 8 million a year to the Knicks. Like the bulls couldn't beat that to be a backup five who with upside to be a starter. Like very, it's just like disappointing. And then going with Drummond, but part of the MLE instead of the minimum, which they did the, the part of the MLE they used was like just over his minimum. So like that, it was also kind of bizarre. They gave him a two year deal. They did the same thing with like Brad with Tony Bradley two year with a player option. And now they have Tony Bradley's contract taking up a roster spot because he is a player option and he opted in like just a lot of weird, a lot of, I think poor stuff on the margins right now. Uh, and it's, it's just definitely disappointing. Um, Kev, uh, I know you are very disappointed as well. Uh, Let's let it all out. Yeah. Go for it. Have at it. I mean, it's same old bullshit with the Bulls, man. Like, this is it all stinks of Jerry Reinsdorf to me, because giving, uh, not actually being willing to spend the non-tax MLE because, uh, because it'll take you into the tax potentially, is uh just the kind of shit that we've always seen from this ownership group and that's why they weren't competitive for guys like Hartenstein or Mobamba um, and why they have to give an extra 600 K to Andre Drummond uh, instead of just giving him his minimum. Um, And it's just, you know, it's, it's just, they're not willing to, to actually spend, to have a winner. My theory now is, is that when uh, Karnaschovas and Eversley were hired, is that their their mandate was to get the Bulls back into the playoffs, get the playoff revenue back, and continue to not pay the tax, um, so that they can get all that taxpayer money from the actual teams that give a shit, like the Warriors 
and the Clippers, and now it looks like the Celtics are going to be paying pretty decently into the tax, and the Bulls are just, you know, profit maximizing and not actually giving a shit about winning. Like, they have no chance, in my opinion, of being a home court advantage team in the playoffs now. Um, the Celtics got way better. The Sixers have gotten way better this offseason. The Bucks were way better than the Bulls, and so they didn't really have to do anything to get better than to, to be better than the Bulls since the Bulls didn't do shit. Um, and the Heat are still way better and might go get Kevin Durant because that's just what Pat Riley does. Uh, he goes and gets stars. And, you know, uh, the Knicks got better. The Cavs got better a little bit. Um, I think Hawks. that the Hawks got Shots better. Murray. Yeah, and the Raptors got better. They added Otto. Like, Otto oh, the Herder trade like was kind of weird. Ra- yeah, I mean, the Herder trade was weird, but I don't know. I Justin Holiday that. is probably – he's probably yeah. a slightly better defender than, than Herder, and uh, they're trying to get defenders around Trey. Um, but – I just think that the Hawks are, are definitely better than they were. The Raptors were better than the Bulls last year, and I see no reason to think that they're not going to continue to be better because they have, you know, Scotty Barnes, who I expect to, to get a lot better. So it's basically the Bulls are, are pinning everything on on Pat being, you know, becoming a superstar, like, overnight. And, like, I'm pretty skeptical about that, uh, especially because the Bulls coach is not a development guy. He's a we're going to try to win right now guy and has refused to give Pat the ball um, and instead has him stand in the corner and uh, take his, you know, long-ass three-point loading shot. Um, And, you know, that's not developing him in any way that's going to get him to be a star. So they, they just don't really seem to have a plan beyond be a playoff team and duck the tax, and that's it. And... Um, I think if you look at it through that lens, it's pretty clear that that's what happened. Um, Andre Drummond, he's whatever, he's fine. Uh, but now the Bulls have three centers, and I don't think that Drummond is like way better than Tony Bradley. So what's the point? Um, and bringing back Derek Jones Jr. is just like again, why? Like Philly doesn't even really trust him that much. He constantly was in the doghouse, and he can't shoot. So again, what's the point? What are we doing? There's no plan. It's just garbage. <laughs> My hope for Derek Jones Jr. is they're bringing him back to trade him. But yeah, to Kevin's point, I mean, the Bulls potentially have $7.3 million left to spend in the mid-level exception. Three and a half million is where they are from the luxury tax. So it's going to be a fucking joke if the Bulls don't spend that entire $7.3 million. When you got a team led by DeRozan, when you got your 23 and 25 first-round picks already out, you have to try to maximize your opportunity to be the best team you can be in. For the Bulls, that big move wasn't really out there, at least for you know a potential Gobert trade. They were never going to be able to beat Minnesota on that. But... You know, if you're rolling with Pat, then you absolutely have to use the rest of this mid-level exception. I think not doing that is super horribly lame. So I don't know when Derek Jones can be traded now. Does he have a full no-trade clause? Uh, what, what what do you know about that, Jason? Uh, I can't remember if I saw that he can veto or not. I feel like I saw someone tweet that. I, I can't remember the exact rules for that kind of stuff. He might be able to, whatever, veto any trade. Um 
So I don't know. I mean, he's only making what, it'll be what three million this season, whatever it is, three some million. I don't know. It, that was just a, a strange yeah. move to me it, because because of the because of how like he was in the doghouse, because of just how the roster is set up with all these like non-shooting guys already. I just thought for sure that they were going to use his roster spot on some type of shooter, whoever. I don't. I have no name for you, like at all. Just like I figured they'd use his his spot on someone who can shoot better, uh, but they didn't, and he's back for right now. So I don't know. Yeah. So I say ob- the obvious move right now is sign TJ Warren, right? He hasn't played since December of 2020. He's had multiple stress fractures in his foot, but at least he has a little bit of upside to give you some scoring because, you know, you look at this Bulls roster and they just don't have a lot of scoring outside of the three stars. So uh, they got to use that 7.3 million dollar contract. They're that not, they they're not gonna, going to though. Going to- they're just they're yeah. not going to. It's bullshit, though. I mean, that like that should be the fucking bare minimum we ask from them is to spend the they, rest of that mid-level exception. They also have that $5 traded player exception. Obviously, if they use the, the mid-level, they get hard cap. They can't use all of the, They can't use full the rest of that seven and then also use that five. I think if they use the rest of it now, they are probably like maybe three or four million. And obviously, if they use, I think the next guy they get is 15 puts them at 15. But again, they are using roster spots right now on Tony Bradley, on Marco Simonovic. Uh, so that's like a couple of just totally wasted spots, which is unfortunate. They want to make more moves. Obviously, we'll see if they make other tra- – if they trade somebody else, they dump somebody. And they could always trade Tony Bradley for like garbage to get him out of there and Simonovic as well. But uh, right now, they I think they have one roster – one guaranteed roster spot left. Yeah, so, so my first know. thought here is that the Bulls just really don't have any assets right now. Like, if they were going to trade Patrick Williams, that's probably the most appealing asset on the team. You could potentially trade Io. There is definitely some positional and skill set overlap between Io and Dalen Terry. So if you were trying to, you know, acquire a meaningful piece for next season, you know, maybe ship Io out. But uh, the Bulls are very much taking a super conservative approach. It gives you Garpax vibes straight up, and that is – the worst thing I could possibly say. So yeah, I, I'm really? I'm hearing that uh, that that Arturis Karnashovas is just Lithuanian John Paxson. That's what my sources are telling me. <laughs> I don't want to go that far, but like this is, I someone mentioned it in the in the comments here. Uh, where was it? Uh, our friend Kirk Heinrich here. Time to reassess AKME. Right, one interesting offseason. Twenty one is not make a good front office. These other deals and lack of. Deals or cat mismanagement, very concerning sort of inactivities, what we came to expect from Garpax. Fortunately, Paxson still works for the team, and Ryan sort of still owns it. Yeah, I mean, obviously last offseason was great. Getting Lonzo, getting Tamar, getting Caruso was awesome. Drafting Io. You can argue, obviously, that they shouldn't have given up too much for Tamar uh, with the, like, the extra pick and Thad. Uh, obviously, the Vooch trade we've talked about probably gave up, definitely gave up too much for him. Uh, and then, I mean, their first offseason was signing Garrett Temple, and that was basically drafting Pat, signing Garrett Temple. That was it. Then they traded for Vooch, tra- made that other small trade as well. And then last offseason, great. And then I think what makes this more also disappointing, again, is also someone else mentioned this as well. Yeah, Kirk Heiner again, that they did nothing at the trade deadline either. So, like, Troy Brown Jr., like we talked about, maybe you trade his salary. Maybe you trade Derek Jones Jr.'s salary at the trade deadline for something. They didn't do anything at the trade deadline, and now they're doing nothing now. That's two like big. Yeah, but yeah, the points. only way you Just, can make those trades is if you have ownership willing to spend. Like, yeah. keeping Troy Brown's salary slot only works if you're willing to spend, and they're 
fucking not. <laughs> that, that is absolutely true, which is obviously that goes up to ownership and something we have been talking about forever. And it's really frustrating. And I mean, at this point, like if you're AK, you just got, I mean, I, I don't know what advocate for yourself. Like, Hey, we have to do this if we want to compete. I don't know. But like if they're, if they're really that stingy about like not paying the tax, it's obviously ridiculous for uh, a big market team like the Bulls to be so stingy, but it's been their MO forever. They were stingy when they had a dynasty. They've been stingy throughout the years and it seems like they're being stingy again. Uh, and it's just really, yeah, it's definitely frustrating to see this type of inactivity when they were better. They were super fun. Uh, they could have possibly made maybe interesting moves to, even on the margins to get closer to a title. And they just haven't done anything yet. They didn't do anything at the deadline. Haven't done anything now besides Andre Drummond. That's, it's just not, it's not impressive. It's not when you see, I mean, other teams and obviously like we don't want them to go out and completely do hog wild, stupid shit. Like the, the Gobert trade is absolutely, is pretty wild what the Timberwolves gave up for him. But like, they believe in Anthony Edwards and Towns. They now have Gobert there. Like, I don't know how good they'll actually be, but like that team is, that franchise has been miserable forever. They're done being shitty and like playing through the draft. They're going for it. So like they gave up a lot. Kudos to them. And AK obviously did kind of do that with what he's done in the last year or two. And you don't want to be like totally reckless, but like this is like the exact other extreme, just doing absolutely nothing. So like what, what I, I find know. so frustrating about this, Jason, is it's not like they don't want to pay the tax. I mean, obviously they don't want to pay the fucking tax, <laughs> but really the bigger part of it is they're, they want the charity from the Warriors and the Clippers because the rest of that tax money gets redistributed, split evenly among teams. I think like 50% of it gets split evenly among teams. And for the Bulls to be asking for a handout like that is just absolutely fucking pathetic. Like, especially when you have a team built around a 32 or 33 year old in DeRozan and you got two future draft picks out. You should absolutely be mandated to go into the tax to build the best team possible, given your limited assets. And speaking of those limited assets, I also wanted to say that, like, this is the cost of overpaying in a lot of the other moves. Like, they way overpaid for Vucevic. The Magic made out like absolute bandits in that trade, being able to get two first-round picks, one of them, number eight overall, turns into Franz Wagner – and then they also had to make the Bulls take on the Alfaruk Aminu contract, which when the Bulls acquired DeRozan, uh, they trade Aminu to the Spurs. And to take him on, the Spurs made the Bulls give up another first-round pick, 2025. And that doesn't even bring up Wendell Carter, who might be better than Vooch right now and is on a super team-friendly deal, I believe four years, $50 million. So just like their lack of flexibility in terms of what they could potentially trade right now was limited by Karnaschovas fucking up on the margins. And, you know, you could point to uh, the marketing trade as well. Like if you get Larry Nance back in that deal, the current roster is a lot better. Instead, they have this lottery-protected Portland pick. Even though I like some of what Portland did in getting Gary Payton the second, I went through the teams in the West. They're the ninth-best team in the West still, I think. Uh, no, I think there's eight teams pretty clearly in front of them. So uh, just fucking disappointing from the Bulls on the margins. Like basically everything Karnaschovas has done has either been excellent or terrible or the jury's <laughs> still out on it, right? Like getting Caruso and Lonzo was excellent. Getting DeMar was excellent, but it sucks that they had to include the 2025 first round pick for him. Getting Io in the second round, excellent. But then beyond that, he's pretty much fucked up every deal, it seems like. To me, yeah, so, I'd, I'd say, yeah, uh, I'd say last offseason was basically home, totally a home run outside of, yeah, including that extra first for DeMar. Everything else has been 
meh. Like at the time, I mean, I'll admit, at the time, the Vooch trade, Vooch was putting up 25 and 12. The Bulls were just in absolute no man's land. I talked myself into that being fine. I liked the idea of what they did getting him. That they needed with Zach's fancy coming up, they needed to do something. They needed to bring some talent, and it was either it was either doing something like that or you trade Zach and you just tank and do whatever. So like since they wanted to whatever keep Zach, build help build around him, help bring him back, you make that move. They probably gave up too much there. I mean, they did. The answer is they did now for sure. At the time, it didn't seem as bad. I'll whatever I'll be kind of maybe wrong in the moment. In hindsight's twenty twenty, but it look yeah, it definitely looks rough now when you're giving these high picks the magic and Vooch is declining, uh, and we'll see where it goes from there. So yeah, it's it's not the best spot. Like I said, I don't want to be like totally doom and gloom here because I, if they stay healthy, they should be a very good team. But they are once we get into playoff basketball. Are I they think, though? I, I think are they, they a very good team? They're like, I think they're still pretty good. I mean, Zach and Demar are still really pretty good. Obviously, this does also banking on Demar being being at least close to what he was last year, and maybe that's just like wrong. At I best, mean, the fifth best team in the East, though. Like, uh, like at best, they're the oh, fifth I, best I, team I, in the I, East. I understand. I'm not saying I'm not saying like I expect them to be Kyle title contenders. Like, I think we got a big over our uh, over big for our britches when the Bulls were the top seed at whatever game sixty last year. I think they did. They caught some breaks at points early in the season, and obviously all everything went against them with uh, with the injuries and health and everything like that. But if they somehow stay healthy, which again is a huge question because we don't fucking know what's going on with Lonzo Ball today. They say he's out rehabbing in California. That the reports are okay, but like I don't even think he could play a game right now. Still, so like that is definitely we're talking about if they stay healthy, and they're just. His issue, Zach had knee surgery. I'm not too worried about Zach's knee surgery, but if they stay healthy, they can still be pretty dang good. But obviously, again, then that also requires Pat to be take such a huge step. And Kevin, I know you are not a believer in Pat doing that. I myself am also skeptical. I don't want to say he can't do it. He just hasn't shown that much just yet. Uh, it, but it's, it's going to be, as of right now, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders to just make a huge leap into being an impact player, which he hasn't been yet. And that's well. It's going to be just to quickly to say something about my my thoughts on Pat. Like, I like Pat. I think that like in a different setting, Pat, uh, and obviously without losing a year of his development because uh, Mitchell Robinson is a goon. Um, <laughs> you know, things might be different for him. But I also just think that the Bulls are dog shit at development. Like, who have they developed in in the last decade? Like, Larry Marketing comes here, does nothing. Wendell Carter comes here and looks like dog shit, goes to Orlando, immediately looks way better. Kobe White not hasn't developed. Same guy that he's been the entire time. Like, who has developed here? And, like, Zach doesn't count because Zach's first few years in the league uh, where he made his biggest improvements were in Minnesota. And also, Zach is, like, an outlier psycho work ethic guy and seems to have a good sense of, like, what things he needs to improve on to be the best version of himself. Um Pat is, like, not in the right role for him. He definitely should have the ball more. He should be getting short role decision-making reps. Like, they haven't done any of that for them. They just stuck him in the corner and said, here, go defend the toughest wing wing assignment and just stand in the corner on defense – I mean, on offense. Like, that's not his game. He shoots the ball way too slow to be your, like, Mikhail Bridges type. Like, that's not who he is. And so I just – I think that, like, 
this idea that he's going to develop into a star. It's like maybe if he was somewhere else, but not here, not with Billy Donovan, who wants to try to win every game uh, in the regular season uh, and, and not actually work on getting him better. Not with that guy. And like, I don't know. I just, I, I just don't understand what the plan with Pat is other than to just hope and pray that somehow he becomes a star, even though we're not giving him star making reps. It doesn't make any sense. A few points. Lonzo, if he still can't play a game today when he got hurt at the end of January, that's an absolute disaster. Like, when you go through (laughs) potential bold lineups that they could put out there, it kind of all falls apart without Lonzo. Like, they already don't have any shooting. Even if Lonzo plays 82 games, they don't have much shooting. But when he's out, uh, that is super troubling for them and just their ability to put out two-way lineups. One other point I wanted to make. (laughs) Yeah. So one other point I wanted to make was that Karnaschovas was totally in a compromised position when he got hired because Garpax left the franchise in such a bad position. I do think that has to be noted. But at the same time, you know, do they really have to pay up that much for Vooch? Now, I think targeting Vooch was a totally fine move. Uh, I I can see the vision there without question. But, you know, giving up two first-round picks, your best young player, and taking on a bad contract, I mean, that's that's a lot to get that deal done, right? And obviously that deal is like a grand slam for Orlando from their perspective. They It made them bad enough to get the number one pick this year too, so it looks even better on them. Uh, what I was going to say too, and Kevin echoed these sentiments, is that there's a ton of pressure on Billy Donovan this year, I think. Now, the team looked really good when they were fully healthy last season, but Billy couldn't really find a way to save them once Lonzo went down and uh, you know, they just had so many injuries throughout the rotation. So I think there's a ton of pressure on Billy this year. If the Bulls pull off everything immaculately, they can get the five seed, and it'll be a fun team to watch, a fun team to root for, and it'll be a bummer that it doesn't feel like they have any realistic upside. But, you know, Billy's going to have to find a way to make these pieces work. He's going to have to find a way to get Pat in a position to actually grow and develop this year, I agree with everything Kevin was saying. That's what I've been preaching on this podcast for a year is that it feels like Billy tries to make him Michael Bridges when Pat's better with the ball in his hands. And obviously, when you got a team built around DeRozan, you need everyone around him to space the floor, hit, catch, and shoot threes. That's the weakest part of Pat's game. So Billy's got to figure out a way to get more out of Pat. And there's just a ton of pressure on his shoulders this year, I think. So, uh, you know. Do we really expect the Bulls to stay fully healthy when they had so many injury problems last year? Can Caruso play, you know, 75 games, 30 minutes a game when he plays like an all-out maniac on the floor, plays with so much effort, emotion, energy? Uh, Is that style of play conducive to being a durable player? Because the Bulls need him to be a durable player and the Bulls need him to become a better three-point threat than he's been to this point in his career. So, Billy's got to find a way to make it work. Uh, They still have a major shooting deficit. And, yeah, you know, it's just too much reasonable upside in this team. They said that they they needed to get a a rim protector that complements Vooch and shooting. And they did neither of those two things. Drummond can't play with Vucevic. He's a a backup for Vucevic. And, sure, he's like – maybe one of the better backup centers in the league, but like he cannot play with Vooch. It's not like you, you could like when people were talking about Mo Bamba, like theoretically, because you, they can both shoot, you could see the vision of like maybe Mo Bamba could play with Vooch. 
and like Vooch is burly enough that he can ha- handle the heavier guys. And Bamba is like the weak side guy that just kind of comes over and blocks everything at the rim. But Drummond can't play with Vucevic at all, yeah. like ever. That's not going to happen. And then their other wing move is bringing back Derek Jones Jr., who can't is shoot. just not a shooter, yeah. not a guy that, that, that teams ever – like he's a small ball five, really. Like that's ideally how he should be used and can't can't space. Like they have no, they have no shooting besides Lonzo and Zach and Kobe, but Kobe is so bad on defense that you can't really play him. Yeah, they have like they have a bunch of guards and then like five centers and no real wings. No, which I guess they, yeah, they what need Dale to be good. Construction? But, uh, I don't get it. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that's why I just I thought the Derrick Jones Jr. deal was just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. With they this had no, they had no backup plan when Gallo fell through, and that yeah. to me is pure garpax. That's like our draft board ran dry at number thirty when you got the number thirty-five pick or whatever it is. Why not turn around and make a play for T.J. Warren? And Warren's still on the market. Yeah, I, they I, could I, still yeah. do that, but there's definitely no momentum building towards that. Why did they immediately lock up Jones so quickly? When Jones and Javante Green are very similar players, right? Like having both those guys on the roster at the same time is not really helping you. So yeah, I know KC brought up TJ Warren as a possibility. I don't know if that was just his opinion or if there was like sourced, like informed speculation with him. Uh, I know that apparently there there are major question health question marks with TJ Warren. He hasn't played basically two years. His foot. Uh, might still not be in great shape, but like whatever. I guess if you're signing to yeah, the minimum, the scuttlebutt is, 15, is that TJ Warren's medical is fucked, so it, yeah. that might be why he's not signed. Right, but like sure. I guess but like, like you know, if you're signing him to the minimum, like maybe it works out. If not, whatever, you, you fucking cut him and you sign somebody else. Like, I mean, it doesn't seem like there's really anything else in the works. If they do, I mean, so yeah, like I wouldn't mind bringing Warren. If it seems like he probably isn't going to get what he wants, so like maybe he would be available at the minimum. Maybe that is something they can still look into it again. If it is the minimum, again, it doesn't work out. You just you cut bait and it's and he's done. Um, well, like other, I mean, besides that, like Can what other? I mean, we what, are the, what else? Martin, Say that again. Martin twins. Yeah, we had somebody mention that. Yeah, is are they both? Are they restricted? Both of them? Are they? I'm not sure their situations. I would guess one of them's going. One of them's in what Miami, and the other one's in Charlotte. Yeah, I would guess that. I would guess that they're both back. I don't know. Miami bringing back Oladipo. Obviously, Miami's also in the KD business. Although, apparently, KD says he only wants to go there if Jimmy Bam and Lowry are all still there. I don't know how that's going to happen, but uh, he probably just wants to go to Phoenix. Uh, but I really need Andre uh, DeAndre Ayton to sign an offer sheet with, with the Pacers so that it, it totally ruins the Suns' ability to get KD. That, that's the chaos that I need right now. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, Martin Twins, but I guess with, with Charlotte, I mean, if who the fuck knows what's going Miles Bridges probably shouldn't be playing, should not get a new contract, real scumbag. I would guess they bring back, which 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 Martin is on the Hornets? Is that Caleb or Cody? I don't even know. I would guess they Caleb try to is the one on the Heat, I think. Okay. I, be- I believe that's right. Caleb is, Caleb is the one on the Heat. Cody's the one on the Hornets. So I would, I, Caleb, Caleb's Bridges, a better one because he shoots, he shoots more threes. Which one is? Uh, the one on the Heat. Caleb shoots shoots threes at volume. Cody shoots shoots them at about the same percentage, but he shoots well as volume. 
like I said, it was the heat, the heat, they, whatever. We'll see what they do with like Duncan Robinson. If they don't get KD, see what they do with Duncan Robinson. Maybe they try to move him and then get Martin back. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, they need to get some type of shooter there with the fifth, with that last roster spot, unless they do something else, make other moves. We had other people just commenting. I was going to bring that up. Abe suggested Bo Cruz. That's obviously Juan Hernan Gomez. I'm pretty sure he just kind of stinks, right? I feel like he's been bouncing around. Uh, what do you guys? You guys have any opinion on good old Bo Cruz? No, that's not doing too much for me. Uh, I'd like Jalen Smith. Maybe he was a lottery pick two years. I guess ago. the problem is just another like, Yeah. For sure, but he could maybe play some four, but you're right. He's a straight big man. Okay, if you he needs dump, wings. Whatever. That's why dump, I mentioned the Tony, Dump Tony Bradley, I guess, that you could bring in Jalen Smith. Replace Tony Bradley with Jalen Smith. Sign a shooter. I guess you could do that, something like that. Um, the other thing that Abe suggested with Bama gone, could the Bulls make a move for Isaac? I want no part of him. His injury problems and all the other off-court stuff with him, he just seems kind of weird. Seems like it'd be a vibe killer. He's on a fat contract, too. Yeah, right, exactly. Big deal, horrible vibes, and hurt all the time. No thank you, Jonathan Isaac. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, you guys have anything else here? Any other ideas for what the Bulls can do? Well, I mean, make a uh, trade. Like, I do think that teams are probably going to be tanking for Victor Wembanyama in the middle of the season. I mean, we know the Spurs are, and I'm I am curious, like, what if there's been talks about? I mean, they got Drummond now, but and I would assume they're not going to trade for Pertle, and like, I guess you would have to probably trade Vooch then because you're not going to, I mean, you're not going to roster Vooch, Pertle, and Drummond, or maybe just. I don't know, but I mean that that was a move that another move that I thought would have been interesting was another guy who could have maybe even been a replacement for Vooch down the line, but doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Listen, you got to use. That, the I mean, draft. that's the one thing that I that's the one thing that I want to know too is like what's the plan with Vooch? Like he's an expiring contract this year. I don't really want to pay Vooch his next contract. Like he seemed to be declining pretty precipitously last year from where he was, and. 
seems to struggle with like being in a in a smaller role. So like, are they going to trade him? Is there any value for like out there for Vooch, or is he just an expiring contract? Because like, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I I just don't know what the plan is, especially because if you lose that salary slot. Uh, the Bulls are capped out because of Demar and, and Zach pretty much off the I bat. Mean, do we so, think they would like ex- try to give him an plan? extension just to be able to trade him at some point and get yeah, better? Yeah, that's value? what I'm kind of thinking. But like, what is even like a, a good number for him to where he's like a movable contract? Because if you give him too much, then like if he stinks again this year, you know he might still be a negative contract if you extend him. Right. I, know. I don't know. You the loop situation is like yeah. scary. Yeah, I think you got to risk it with him. Let him play for his next contract. He's in a contract year, so maybe he puts up better numbers than last season. He hit 31.4% of his shots from three last year. If he can even get up to like 34%, that would make me feel better about the Bulls' chances at the five seed and still losing in six games in the first round. But that would at least be, you know, a meaningful improvement for him. So to me, you got to use the rest of that mid-level exception. And then when teams start tanking, in the middle of the season because they want to maximize their shot for Wembenyama and for Scoot Henderson, you got to have some contracts to throw around in a trade, take on salary, and pay the luxury tax. And you're the fucking Chicago Bulls. You don't deserve to get the Golden State Warriors in Los Angeles Clippers money. You are their contemporaries, not their like little brother who doesn't have enough money to compete. So at the end of the day, you got to spend that money. And I'm pretty upset that they couldn't find a way to either get Hartenstein or Bamba. Like I had talked myself into Bamba, even if he kind of stinks, he at least had some upside and filled two of the biggest holes in the roster to give you a chance to compete. Now, what do you get? Two years, 21 million. Why couldn't they give him three years, 31 million or something? You know, maybe Bamba wouldn't want that. Maybe he wants to get back in the market. There were rumors that he wanted to come here. I think I, th- I think that was Cowley who said that, but Cowley claimed that Bamba wanted to come here. The Bulls would not give him the money he wanted. Well, I think they. I don't know who knows how true that is, but that was what Cowley claimed. Well, if they had given him were... the money he wanted, they'd be in the luxury tax. That's the exactly. problem, right there, because he got he got ten ten million a season a season. That's the full non tax MLE. Right. That would have put the Bulls in in the luxury tax and. They don't want to pay the tax. I mean, that's what it is. It's pretty obvious at this point. Yeah. And just to be clear, I'm recognizing that and I'm saying it's not good <laughs> enough and it's garbage. Right. Yeah. Like, what, if, even if as, as much as they don't want to do it, we're going to keep fucking hammering them to say that it's ridiculous that they don't want to do it. Even if it seems obvious right in our face that that's what, they, that's what the plan is, is to not go in the tax. Yeah. Fuck that. No, it's ridiculous. absolutely. Continue hammering them. I got I got my Twitter account locked today for telling Jerry Reinsdorf to commit <laughs> seppuko uh, and called him an old raggedy bitch because he is an old raggedy bitch and he needs to shuffle off this mortal coil uh, expeditiously. Oh, God. I will say about Booch, though, his tweet about after the Gobert shirt was pretty funny, talking about glad he didn't get hit by his house and whatever he said, by his house in uh you Salt Lake City. Glad my offer for the house I found in Salt Lake got rejected then. Vooch, uh, good guy, uh, decent player. A true poster's poster. Yeah, good poster. Uh, that was funny because I know, like, I know there were the rumor when there were the rumors before. I think like even before the draft, Vooch was like Vooch and Gobert had, like a bat little back and forth on Twitter talking about them. It was kind of funny and Vooch obviously great great post there after this trade. Uh, 
I don't want to hate Vooch. I, I, I like like most of the guys on this team, like individually, like they're most of them are like easy to root for. Like I, Zach and Demar, dope. Lonzo's a cool. Io and Crusoe, like all really cool. So like, I really want to love this team. It's just they need to be better. They're just not good enough, and they just need to be better. And I'm just not really right now. I'm just not really sure what that happens. Like um, other other possible. Like, what do you guys think? Like, does my, I know we've talked we've talked in our DM chat about like Miles Turner and like. Miles Turner is like the idea of Miles Turner is way better than like what the actuality is. He always, he's complained about not getting touches in Indiana and he wouldn't sure as hell wouldn't get him here. And I'm pretty sure even if he did get the touches, he's not good enough to actually capitalize on them. Like he's a three and D center for sure. But like you do wonder like, would that type of player be a better fit for the bulls for having that defensive presence and a guy who can shoot pretty well from three. I'm not sure what it would take to get him again. The Pacers just gave up or just traded Malcolm Brogdon for, basically Nothing. crap and, and a first round Nothing pick. at all. Right. Yeah. So like what, like, well, I'm going to, I really, Miles Turner has been on the block for seemingly three or four years or like forever. I wonder what they are looking for him. Like, would you do that? Like, do you think that's even worth giving up stuff to get Miles Turner? I know you talked, you mentioned the Aiden thing, like, are they going to do like a sign and trade? Or I guess, if, I don't know how that's all going to work out. Katie and the Suns with Aiden. Like if Aiden wants to go to Indiana, get a max, like does Turner go to the, nets or does he go to this like I, that's that's all kind of fucked up and we'll see what happens with katie but like uh i don't know but like what do you guys i mean what would you want to go after miles turner any interest there nah <laughs> miles turner to me is the most overrated player by nba twitter like going right now i think there's a reason that he's constantly on the trade block and and is never traded <laughs> he's never traded because nobody everybody kind of sees what he is like he I mean, he's fine. He he gives you good, like, pretty good rim protection, uh, but he doesn't rebound, which really undermines the value of that right. rim protection because it's yeah. like if you, if you force missed shots but you don't get the ball, you know, that's that's no good. Uh, and then he's not really, like, offensively, he's just kind of nothing. Like, he shoots threes, but, like, fine, cool, I guess. But, like, he's not as good a basketball player as Nikola Vucevic. And, like, maybe you say, like, Hey, uh, the fit being better because he's a good rim protector, um, you know, makes it so that they're like kind of in the same tier, but like, then you're just like swapping deck chairs and like, I'm not really interested in that kind of a move. And honestly, like, I think he's probably still worse even when, even with the rim protection in terms of fit, just because Vooch is actually a good defensive rebounder and the Bulls like were a terrible rebounding team for most of the year. And that was with Vooch, like boxing out two people at once all the time, um, because they just don't have any, they don't have any big wings. Um, yeah, they could trade Miles Turner and play him and Drummond together. I'm sure that'd be fun to watch. Yeah, right, so, I, I don't know, just not no good. My <laughs> one thought looking at this roster right now is they just got to go all in on transition because their half court offense is going to be so mucked up by the lack of shooting and lack of spacing. Like unless Patrick Williams and Io and Caruso come back with like really significant improvement is shooters. I do think you can like somewhat reasonably buy into Vooch being slightly better as a shooter. He can also be worse though. It's like <laughs> just as realistic that he could be worse, but they got to go all in on transition. Like this has got to be a team that sort of plays a frantic style that tries to turn you over, pushes the pace on the other end. Gets that requires Lonzo to be not dead. And, yeah, like, Lonzo is going to need to be out there. Now, we didn't think we were going to get anything from Io last season at this point in the offseason. 
currently, I don't really think the Bulls are going to get anything from Daylon Terry because Terry doesn't really fit any of their needs, which is needing to put another shooter on the floor. But Terry is a good transition player, very good transition passer. So maybe, you know, he helps you get out and transition a little bit more. Again, I don't expect him to play a big role this year, but could be wrong about that. Maybe he will. They certainly need guys his size, just at 6'7 with a 7'1 wingspan. That would be good. Uh, how about someone like Dante DiVincenzo? Just to get yep. another guard in the mix, I think you might be able to get him for that three and a half million. Which again, yeah, he's still spend, out there unsigned. Like I would take seven point three. Like they need to spend seven point three. I feel like Dante would get more than three and a half, right? I and mean, he's still young. I know he was bad last year for both teams, but like he before that, he was before that injury with the Bucks two years ago. Like he was really solid, and he well, he was their starter at the two, right? Yeah. Am I yeah, crazy there? Wasn't he starting for the Bucks before he got hurt? I believe he was. Yeah, and he was pretty good. Like, he look, I looked at his numbers last night. Like, they're not great, but, like, they're at least solid. And, like, he can – Yeah, he was really important that. for that Bucks team that won, like, 60-something games. Yeah, I think uh, he just got hurt at the beginning of the playoff run, their finals run, or, right, like, right before it or something like that. Yeah, in the, I, I think three – I don't think three and a half is going to be enough. I think they got to use either the rest of that mid-level or most of the rest of that mid-level to get him. So then he's out because our, we have a broke boy owner who is <laughs> we'll a total piece of shit. <laughs> Hey, as someone noted in the comments, our podcast name Cash Considerations continues to be relevant. So uh, Brian's here. Thank God Brian's here. I've been enjoying uh, <laughs> What's up? Brian's tweets the last couple days. Brian, as you know, Kevin's all doom and gloom. Jason and I are disappointed, see some fifth seat upside, uh, but we're still, you know, underwhelmed by this offseason. Brian, how are you feeling right now? Hard about to be overwhelmed by it. Like, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm annoyed, but the, the Gobert thing, for a while it seemed like they just weren't going to trade Pat, but now it seems like that doesn't matter. Like, that wouldn't have mattered, so it's that's fine. But I am I am banking all of my enjoyment on this season on having Justin Lewis on the team, because I love Justin Lewis, because he's cool. Yeah, we were letting oh, you yeah. <laughs> Justin yeah, Lewis. Yeah, one of the reactions. Cool just, I love Justin Lewis. Um, I don't uh, think he yeah. helps. I don't think if he plays, which I think he probably could, two way guys get some burn, and he is importantly well, uh, like, a big wing. He's six seven, two forty. He can shoot too, right? Like yes. he's got a jumper actually. It's like, like he maybe very, he should play. Actually, very streaky. Like <laughs> he's he'll he'll have his like zero for eight stretches, and then he'll have like a five for ten stretch as a shooter. But um, yeah, he's kind of a transition player too. I don't think he helps your half court offense, and he's not actually like any like I wouldn't say he's good at defense, but he is 245 pounds with a 72 wingspan, and he likes hitting people. I think it's more just like a, a coordination thing. Like he just isn't. Some guys aren't as good at moving defensively as they are offensively. But I love him vibes wise because vibes wise because he's cool, and I think importantly he is now not I mean, not counting Drummond. We'll, we'll, I'll count Drummond. There's what three guys on the team who will knock people down and try and like chase rebounds around. So yeah, and Javante can't do that the entire season. His body will explode. Uh, Brian, you are known as a sicko at deep cut NBA players. So if the Bulls are going to spend three point five million, if they're going to spend seven point three million, which they should, or they're permanently trash, who would you like to see them try to acquire to fill out the rest of the roster right now? I wanted Howell Neto. 
But uh, you know who's out there who I actually really, really like? P.J. Dozier is out there. He is cleared from his cleared medically to play, so I would take a shot at P.J. Dozier. How about Culver? I don't think he's a real shooter. But Culver's yeah, out. I might, be, I might be out on him. I loved him, but I think I might be out on Culver. Wayne Ellington, there's some shooting. Yeah, I like Wayne. I mean, the thing with P.J. Dozier is, uh, for, you know, if he's if he's recovered from his injury, we know he is at worst like a 10th man in the NBA. Like, we know he's a capable NBA player. I don't know if we know that about Jared Culver. Is Jeremy Lamb out there? He might be out there. I think he's out there. I was looking I, at looking at uh, unrestricted free agents the other day. I was gonna say I totally forgot about Jeremy Lamb. I was actually looking him up yesterday. I think I feel like he just kind of sucks now. I, I think he's always yeah. had a bunch of injuries. It just seems like he's kind of like I think he was on the Kings last year. Because uh, I like totally forgot about him, and then I yeah. think I saw someone bring him up. I was like, oh yeah, Jeremy Lamb. He used to be pretty good, and I think he's just Tony, not. Tony Snell's good. out there. That's right. I saw. I think someone mentioned I Tony would, Snell. I would not. Uh, be which mad would be hilarious. That. Totally like, cursed like, off season. Geez, Andre Drummond and Tony shoot. Snell. Langston Galloway. Still shoots a high percentage, even though he doesn't shoot enough threes. Yeah, it's 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 rough. Garrett Temple, I guess, is out there. I don't is think, he? I don't think Garrett. Co- coming full circle to uh, Acme's f- first uh, off season, bring back Garrett Temple. Wait, did, tell, he, did he get <laughs> he got cut? I thought he was on like a three year deal. I thought, I thought I read something. He might get cut. Maybe he's not. I, 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 was, I, I know he was part of the Lonzo signing trade. I thought he was like on a yeah. – because he weirdly got like a three-year deal as part of that, which was really strange. But honestly, we're obviously scraping. Yeah, Mello. Oh, yeah, hold on. Mello. Yeah, let's go sign Carmelo Anthony. I mean, he, we know he can still sh- get buckets and shoot the hell out of the ball. At this point, he I laughed when shoot, Ricky yeah. tweeted about that the other day. Uh why not? If that's going to be like your fifteenth man, he'll be he'll be the minimum probably, maybe a little more. Why not sign Carmelo Anthony? Like who fucking cares at this point? I have at least one guy that I personally love, who's coming off an injury, but there's no way they should sign him because he does none of the things they need. But I want Evan Summer to be back in the NBA. <laughs> I love Evan. Yeah, that would fit right in but, with um, their guards who can't shoot. Basically, just guards who can't shoot and run the floor like maniacs. What if what if Jalen Terry was old and tore his ACL twice? That's <laughs> the so they're not signing him, but I think the thing I think some optimism to be had. I think the Bulls think Dalen Terry is a Halliburton style player. Like I, I, that's just the assumption I get from how they talked about him. I don't think I agree, but one of the positives, if that's not going to be positive in the playoffs, but one of the the mitigate shooting is just having really intelligent passes properly quickly like Dalen's definitely that but that requires like good cutters yeah, you re- you revisited him right Ryan like you were looking back at his at more of his tape uh the last couple of days and getting yeah. a better sense of him well I didn't think he was going to be in this draft until like <laughs> two weeks ago really I thought he was always going to go back I don't know why I, I just assumed he would because I figured when he it was Halbert is the Halberton thing like I figured he'd go back to a team that lost like its main three scores and would become like the main player, but I guess they're just going to run through Azulis to Bayless at Arizona, or whatever they're doing. Um, who cares anyway? Their conference is dead. It's been slain by the Big Ten. Hail. I think Dalen has... Like, he doesn't have no upside as, as like a... Because there's a, the negative, like, you don't like uh, 
super low usage college players. But the positive is if they become high usage college, like if they up their usage, they can become like more interesting scorers in the NBA. I don't know. I, and, you know, there's also the hope that um, spending all their – like Io and Daylin and all these guys spending all their time with DeMar DeRozan will mean that some of his insane shot making can just trickle in, into their bodies and they can become – because Io was starting to take those little pull-ups in, like, April. Take those little, like, 16-footers. I love those. I wish he would do those more. Yeah, because I do now, think Io can get better. I think Pat can get better for sure. I mean, Pat's never averaged double-digit points per game in his three seasons from Florida State to two seasons in the NBA. Now he only played, what, six games or whatever this year? Yeah. Uh, But, like, realistically, how much can Pat score a game this season? If he averages 15 a game, are we super thrilled with that? Obviously, you're looking for more than just pure points per game. But I think the Bulls could use some scoring punch. Uh, because outside of the three veteran stars, they don't really have a ton of scoring punch on the team. So they could they have either Pat Kobe, or they have Kobe once every ten games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I still think Kobe's probably going to get traded, but it's tough to trade him because they don't have any other shooters on the roster. So uh, the, the IO thing is interesting because I mean he was a big time scorer at Illinois. Like you talk about that that little pull up like that. Like he made his his bread and butter was that shit at Illinois. Like, the, and he would hit that shot at the end of games all the time. He was a stone cold like mid range killer at Illinois. So like, he, but he seemed to be afraid of it. Like to start the season, he definitely did start to show more, a little more comfort, being more aggressive offensively. They need him to be like I, I, I just keep saying that. I just don't want Io turning down shots. Like be aggressive offensively. He's a he was a great offensive player in college. I know that doesn't necessarily mean he would be great in the NBA, but. Definitely would like to see him be a little more aggressive taking those types of, types of shots, like Brian said. So the last two years, Pat last year in his 17 games, uh, 13.1 points per 36 minutes. you got to figure that he's probably going to play a ton of minutes this year if he stays healthy. Can he score 15 points a game? Am I asking too much for Patrick Williams to score 15 points I mean, a game? He is. is that realistic? I don't know. I, I, I hope. Even if the thing is, I think the positive with him, even if he's just going to be their spot up guy, he is the second best like career. I think he's the second best percentage shooter on the team. So, like, uh, like I think he can. I think I'm pretty. He's the volume. Yeah, volume. I'm pretty confident he's a good three point shooter. It's just like how much can they get out of him? He's even right. 51 percent last year in you know 400 minutes, but that's not nothing. The, the thing with Pat's shooting is just he just has to speed up his yeah. His mechanics, because like teams that's don't the care that, about him, and he takes forever yeah, to shoot. Like if teams care yeah, about him, yeah, teams can can close out to him without worrying too much because it takes him so long to get it off, and like that's also why he record scratches so much. I think because he's like, oh crap, my shot's gonna and, be blocked. You know what? What doesn't help that is breaking uh, three bones in your wrist and having to yep. relearn how to shoot. I just this is offhand. It was his guide hand, but that still is not good. But he did have. I mean, look, his last kind of the playoffs is. Let me look here. Was, the game three was the one that he, he had like the disaster. It was like over ten, and then the last two he had he had he had, he had a lot more shots. He scored in double figures eight of the last eleven games, including the playoffs. So like, it was he was becoming more consistent. With that. So his usage rate in the regular season, again, only 17 games, 14.2%. That's really, really low. In the playoffs, though, it was 16.9%. I'd like to see him at least at 18% usage. Yeah. 
like at minimum 18% usage. And then IO, think about IO that's jumping out about a statistical profile, 16% turnover rate. Pat actually only had like an 11% turnover rate. Uh, you want that ideally under 10%. I would say, I'm sorry, Pat had a 12% turnover rate. So Pat does a decent job of limiting turnovers. Io, that could be a big thing for him this year. Obviously, everyone's going to look at the shooting for Io of where he can make an improvement. Also, cut back on some of the turnovers. He was a rookie last year, played a lot of minutes because of the injuries. But I would like to see him take do a little bit better job taking care of the ball. And, uh, you know, in general in Io, they could they could use some scoring punch from him too. It's going to have to be internal, I think, is, is the takeaway, which is depressing. But, I mean, Pat had that that Minnesota game. I don't really count because it was against a bunch of scrubs. But it was nice to see him just try to get to the lineup bunch of the regular season. Yeah, it was the only time he had the ball the whole year. The whole, his whole career yeah. was the only time he had the ball. Well, that that's summer league. True. Yeah. They just got to figure out a way to just, like, get his mindset to be just, like, always – just always be aggressive. Just don't hesitate. <laughs> I don't want to say they should bench him, but like, I, I think. Can they just, yeah, play him think, more minutes with the bench units and let him yeah. cook for fuck's sake? More more than benching him. I think just like, I mean, I, I think most Bulls fans would not be uncomfortable with Javante being like the spot starter who comes in for five minutes at the start of the game. Well, hold on. Actually, talking about moves, the. John Collins still out there? What would it take yeah. to get John Collins if you want to like get a power starting power forward and you move Pat to the bench? What would it take? What do we think it takes to get John Collins? If you guys even want that, I'd be fine with John Collins. Yeah, John Collins is fine, but they don't have anything to offer. What are they yeah. going to give up? A lottery? Yeah, right. No, like, I'm curious. It would have like, to be Pat or Io and Kobe. And like the yeah. Blazers. And I don't fan. think I don't think Kobe actually like is a plus asset. Like, I don't think yeah. teams right. yeah. do him. And you gotta, you have, just to, like, you have to match. Certainly what, not a 20, team. Certainly you have to match like twenty five million there, I think, or something like that. I think, I think that's what Collins is making. Like, I think he's on five one twenty five. So you gotta put together some salary there, which would yeah, would probably be yeah, Pat Kobe. And do you p- trade Pat for John Collins? Eh, eh probably not. Yeah. If you're hesitating on Gobert, you're not gonna trade him for John Collins, I'm assuming. But. Which is yeah, just like probably like you probably have to like trade Vooch to match that salary. Uh, also, but, John a John Collins Vooch uh, front court would be an absolute disaster class defense. Yeah, it doesn't fit into what they need. Now, if they would have got Gallo, who I wasn't jacked up about them getting Gallo, I thought that would have been a pretty disappointing offseason to get Drummond and Gallo. Now I'm like, well, at least Gallo would have provided some shooting. He can't really move. But the problem is you, know, you don't know how long he's gonna play. Right, he's hurt every year. For sure, absolutely. But the problem with Pat's projection is that Pat isn't a good fit with DeRozan, it seems like. Now, I'd like to see lineups with Pat and Levine as, like, your one-two when DeRozan's off the floor. But they need guys who can play with DeRozan, and to be a guy to play with DeRozan, you got to be able to shoot. They don't have any shooting. So <laughs> they got to figure out a way to do that uh, somehow, patch together some sort of package to I get know guys. That- I know they love playing DeRozan with a bench unit. It's like I do wonder if they like try to give Pat a few more reps where like he leads bench units and you I don't I don't know. Like if you're talking you're talking about giving Pat more on ball reps, uh you're not gonna do that when DeRozan's leading the bench units, but maybe you give Pat some of those instead, change up the lineups. Like that's obviously just going into where Billy's need, need to figure this out. Uh and you need to use the regular season some to at least try to develop him, because otherwise if they do just use him as the spot up guy, just those those on-ball reps just won't happen. 
Yeah, if they can get DeMar maybe playing fewer regular season minutes, lean heavily on a Pat, Levine, and Lonzo trio, I think that could be pretty interesting. You could put Io or Terry in those lineups. You could put Drummond in those lineups. Uh, And then, you know, you try to just keep the miles lower on – DeMar, and then you let DeMar take over in crunch time when you go, the closing five is set, right? The closing five is going to be Vooch, Zach, DeMar, Caruso, Lonzo. And but again, good. All, all, all these lineups fall apart if Lonzo's not healthy. Yeah. I think I think more than just Pat, but it's not. I, I think it's disingenuous to say it's just Pat because I think they probably see Io becoming like a good shooter. And I I understand. I think he can shoot. This is why I really <laughs> wish they had they had distracted. Like nothing against Stephen Terry, I think he'll be fine. But I think there was better options out there. I mean, someone like Christian Braun would have filled a more immediate need for yeah. the team. Christian Braun went twenty one, uh, but obviously AK has a type. And it's just like a long, versatile, athletic wing. You got to figure like Terry should have a pretty high floor, I think, just based off his combination of positional size and athleticism, especially if they're playing him at guard. Like he's going to be able to smother smaller guards. He's basically, I think he's built like Penny Hardaway, right? Like six foot seven, seven foot one wingspan. Uh, I believe that is around what Penny was at. So just to have that size, good athleticism. Now, in half-court offense, I don't know how much he's going to provide you there, but he does provide some passing. He fits into the team's need or desire to play in transition. So I'm hoping that that gives him, like, a relatively high floor. But, yeah, you could see someone like Braun just sliding into half-court offense next to DeRozan. And to me, that is sort of the troubling thing right now is, like, the lack of shooting is just going to make DeMar's life hell uh, in the half-court late in the game. DeMar loves it, though. Yeah, he loves it, and he's Superman. And I wouldn't be shocked if he can have another really great season. Like, I'll just say, I think he's going to be an all-star again this year. I expect him to be his an all-star. His game should age well. I mean, his footwork is immaculate. I mean, he just has so many tricks. There's no reason to think he's going to, like, all of a sudden fall off a cliff. And I mentioned this on Twitter, and this somehow got some blowback, but hire a fucking shooting coach. You keep drafting these athletes who aren't confident shooters. Why are they record scratching when the ball gets swung to them and Io and Pat Williams are turning down open looks? It's because they don't think they're that good as shooters. Hire a shooting coach. That's how they get some confidence. And the Bulls make, what, $300 million in revenue every year? Can they take that Clippers tax money that they're shamefully going to accept and invest it in a shooting coach? I mean, they don't need the Clippers money to be able to invest in a shooting coach. So. Just do that anyway. But especially when your organizational philosophy is to draft toolsy guys with athleticism uh, who, you know, shoot good percentage on low volume, fucking get a shooting coach. This is inex- unacceptable. Uh seems illegal to not have a shooting coach, honestly. It's like not having a, a batting coach. Yeah. How are you How are you an NBA team where, like, the point is to put the ball on the hoop and you don't have a shooting coach? That, that sounds like shouldn't be a thing. So if you're going to bank on internal development and you're going to do this because you're acting like broke losers who won't pay the luxury tax, 
then at least beef up the developmental staff. Now, they've done it a little bit since Karnaschovas took over. They, You know, the front office is bigger now than it was before, so that's a good thing. And they have hired some people on the player development end, but hire more. Yep. Yeah, I just don't understand how you don't have a shooting coach. Like, it, it's insane. <laughs> like, it, it, it really is. Especially, there is no salary cap or luxury tax for coaching staffs. So stop being cheap fucking broke boys. Well, we all got a moment of silence for Jerry Reinsdorf as he had to pay out the first $100 million contract of his life. <laughs> He's on two teams for how many years? We, we didn't even bring that up. We did not bring that up that Zach's contract is his first $100 million contract. Unbelievable. Justice for Paul Konerko. <laughs> Unreal. In the White Sox, Paulie, for Jimmy, all these guys. <laughs> Why are we surprised that the man who brought back Tony Larusa is not willing to do what it takes to have the Bulls <laughs> live up to what should be their worldwide brand as an elite basketball organization? Instead, they're the fucking Lake Michigan Indiana Pacers. And but speaking of the Indiana Pacers, apparently I just, I'm reading right now this. This Brogdon, this Brogdon first-round pick that they got is top 12 protected for one season, and then it becomes a second. So it's basically a second-round pick. That's fucking insane. But they, they traded him for nothing. Well, no, I mean, the, the, the report for Brogdon for the last eight months has been he's basically been sitting in the, on their curb with a four-owner sign-on, and, like, he, they <laughs> they couldn't give him away. And it's nothing – it's unfortunate because, like, he's a good player. He just – it's hurt all the time. Legs are done. Like he, yeah, he's toast. Wait, but if it's, top 12, if it's top 12 protected, the Celtics are going to pick like 27th. So. Oh, yeah. Well, either way, like still, it's 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 yeah, I think I read that wrong. Either way, it's gar- It's basically garbage. So I guess if it, whatever they somehow fall apart, uh, whatever, it's a late first and nothing else. I totally read that wrong, but I'm an idiot. But uh, either way, they'd be still basically. I mean, the, and the Celtics are a team that can that can whatever, take that chance it's, because yeah. their rotation is well set as it is. So, like, if he's just keeping them in bubble wrap. I think the Celtics are pretty low on the list of teams that could collapse and fall into the lottery this year. Like, I don't see how that's possible. The whole team would have to get injured. You know, like, uh, yeah, Brian, I already went on my TJ Warren rant before you came in, but Love I saw it. you wanted TJ Warren, too, yeah. so... You know, give us the pitch on why T.J. Warren is worth $7 million and Jerry Reinsdorf should pay it or be branded an eternal loser. What if there was a power forward guy who shot floaters from like 16 feet out? That would be cool, right? That's T.J. Warren. I just I love T.J. Warren. I've been a, I've been a T.J. Warren guy for like nine years now because he was one of the most singularly strange college players, like college stars of the last decade. Because he was like an elite scorer in college, and he only took mid-range shots and floaters and weird runners, and he was completely unstoppable. It was great. And he just got better and better. Yeah, I remember him from his NC State days too. But he was phenomenal in the bubble. Before uh, he got hurt, you know, I don't his know three-point percentage now. was really good. Sorry, I don't know if he's healthy enough to play, but if he can pass a physical, sign that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, if if his medicals are crap, whatever. Give him, give him the minimum, uh, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't That's work probably out. What's going like, to happen? He's probably just trying to get a real deal. And, you know, you got a few, you got a couple months, so. Um, 
Yeah, TJ though, he's a good example of why you should trust touch. Touch is an uh, is a good indicator for someone being able to shoot eventually. Because that guy was not a three point shooter in any way when he came into the NBA. Now he's become a good one just because he can shoot. He knows how to do it. Well, sign TJ Mar- t- sign TJ Warren or Martin Twin. That's where I'm at right now. But uh, I don't know, Jace. I feel like we can wrap this up. Yeah. Uh, my my brain is mush as evidenced by my completely botch botch reading of that Brogdon draft pick. Anyways, yeah. I, you guys have any any final thoughts here? Otherwise, we can wrap it up. Kevin, you have any final thoughts, Brian? Fuck Jerry Ryan's door. That's my final thought. <laughs> I think that is a definitely a, a uh, constant theme that we can say here. Had, uh, hence our name, Cash Considerations, is uh, fuck ownership, Bulls ownership. Please go pay the tax. We'll see if anything happens here uh, over these next few days of free agency as it goes on. Obviously, I think our expectations are pretty low. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. But right now, this has been a pretty bummer of an offseason. We'll see what happens with KD, uh, assuming KD is not coming here, obviously. he wants to. Go, it sounds like he wants to go to Phoenix. Uh, KD is... Uh, I mean, that whole thing with the Nets is a joke. It's kind of funny that it blew up. Yeah, KD I mean, now yeah. running... At least there's one more one team in the East that is not going to be. Yeah, that yeah that is well, nice. Like, we'll see what the, the Nets do there. I'm curious to see what return they have. I, what, I can't imagine. Yeah, what, what they get. do with Ben Simmons. Ooh, who knows? Like, Brian, go ahead. Seem like you wanted uh, to say something about the Nets there. I'm just making fun of Ben Simmons, but no, like you can't oh, yeah. you can't Fair. trade Kevin Durant and get equivalent value for him. It's not possible. Right, obviously. Like even though all the all the picks in the world you can get, like it's fucking Kevin Durant. Uh, no one's going to be end, end up wind up being better than Kevin Durant. Uh, so yeah, that, that that is one good thing. The Nets will probably will fall. I mean, the Nets were worse than the Bulls last year, but they're a team that will likely not be jumping the Bulls. Hopefully, as we we assume. So well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on for out for that. See what happens with that trade. We'll see if the Bulls make any more moves. Again, they have 14 guaranteed deals. Uh, one more to do. We'll see if they stay under the tax. Going to the tax. I guess I should say they could go into the tax now and then get out of it later. Like it wouldn't surprise you if they if they went in now and then salary dumped out of it during the season unless they were like really rolling. But uh, I guess we'll see. Thank you everybody for listening, Kevin and Brian. Thanks as always for joining us. We always love when uh, you guys join us on the pod here. Uh, so happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. And if there's anything big happens, maybe we'll be back to do another podcast this weekend. But obviously with it being the 4th, I'm sure everyone's got stuff going on. But we'll see. Some cash considerations, a shovel podcast. Uh, if you missed any of this, this should be up on our feed, hopefully sometime later tonight or overnight. So take it easy, guys. And thanks again for listening. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.